Hello and welcome to episode 42 of Conf T with URSE, recorded Tuesday, December 15th, 2020. A quick reminder that the thoughts and opinions expressed here are our own, and to please consult with Cisco TAC or Cisco Certified Partners before implementing any of the recommendations made on this show. I am your host, Brian Young, and as always, I'm here with my co-host, Brian Boyd. How are you, sir? Doing well, Brian. Happy to be here. And so last week, we had a pretty big event uh, called WebEx One. It was the first time that Cisco has ever pulled off an event dedicated solely to collaboration and all things WebEx. And uh, it was just an amazing event with a lot of announcements, both on the software side and on the hardware side. And it was a two-day event. So what we thought we would do is take you know, our time here today and kind of go over all those announcements what they mean, uh, what they're all about. And we had two guests uh, join the show to cover these topics. So without any further ado, let's jump right in. All right, we are here with the one and only Sal from the Cisco Sal YouTube channel. How you doing, sir? Doing well, how you doing, Brian? Doing good. And for the first time ever on Conf T with USC, Mr. Tom Porto. How you doing, Tom? Good morning, sir. How are you? I cannot complain. So this is uh, this is a first time for anyone who is just listening to our audio podcasts. Um, this is the first time we're actually going to be going uh, on video as well, at least on this show, to uh, to go on Cisco Sal's YouTube page. So I definitely recommend you check that out. Uh, but we're going to be discussing today WebEx One, the event we had last week. Um, lots of great announcements, new product launches, uh, both in the software side and the hardware side. A lot of information to go through, so let's just dive right into that. And and Sal, I think you were um, first up on my list here. Why don't you just give us kind of an overview of of what WebEx One was really all about and what we uh, what we talked about there? Yes, yeah, so it was actually really interesting because it's the first time that Cisco ever put on a show like this. We've always had Cisco Live and stuff where we'd showcase all the newest products, new features, and stuff. <clears throat> but this was really the first one where we put on where it was all about collaboration all about WebEx. So, you know, I think Zoomtopia was the other big one that, that came out a couple of months ago. And I think Cisco kind of wanted to join into that party and we released the WebEx one concept. Nice. Not to be confused with Zootopia or was that a, was that a, was that a movie? Or I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, that was a, that not, is a movie. Right. <laughs> yeah. I thought, I thought so. Not, not to be confused with Zootopia, but WebEx, obviously uh, a well-known name, and of course, we're going to have to get in there. So let's talk about uh, the changes to meetings. Now, I, I know with this year, with COVID, the reliance on virtual meetings and everything, you know, not being able to meet in person uh, has really just completely taken off uh, you know, WebEx and, and Zoom and Teams and, and all the other players in the market. It's been relied on a lot more than ever has. And of course, that's really kicked Cisco and, and the WebEx team into developing a lot more features to to make meetings 10x better, which was really kind of the whole theme for the for those two days we were talking about is making virtual meetings 10 times better than in-person meetings. So let's start with kind of that mindset and kind of where we uh, where we where we did that. Yeah, so that was that was actually really interesting. And when G two came out on stage, and G two is the VP of our application division at Cisco, um, the first thing he kind of came out with is, you know, why are we doing this? 
And, you know, I've been at Cisco a long time. Usually the why is, oh, we want to, you know, kick some butt from our competition. But he really came out and said, the reason that we're doing this is not because of our competition. It's because we want to power an inclusive future for all. And our vision is really to create products and new features that are 10 times better than an in-person type of experience. So that kind of got me thinking off the bat, hey, this might be a little bit different than maybe what we're used to seeing from Cisco. And in the beginning, he kind of talked about, you know, we have this opportunity now, COVID kind of opened our eyes that we no longer need to hire local, right? Everybody is home. It doesn't matter if I'm in Florida or if I'm in New York or if I'm in California. And we're going to go through some of these new features here today too, where it may not matter if I'm even in the United States anymore. And we're starting to break down things like language barriers. So I think being inclusive for everybody is really now kind of showing that it doesn't matter where you live. We're going to give everybody a voice. We're going to kind of equal the playing field out over here. And we're going to bring everybody together. And we're going to have uh, management be able to hire from a global talent pool versus having to hire local. So when we're talking about WebEx, in the past, we've kind of had um, the WebEx app, Web, you know, WebEx meetings that everyone's known. We've had uh, WebEx teams, which was kind of the persistent messaging. And we've had, you know, maybe WebEx calling here. What have we done to kind of put that all together and, and make it a lot easier to consume and understand? Yeah, good question. So one of the big things was, and this actually happened just prior to WebEx 1, was that we took, so before we had three, maybe even four different applications out there. We had WebEx meetings app that everyone is probably used. We've had that application for like 20 something years. Productivity tools, which was the Outlook integration plugin. We had um, proximity, which was a way to share your screen wirelessly. We had uh, a calling application, Jabber. We had teams for messaging application. You know, we had like five or six different types of applications. Now, what we did is we took all those applications and combined them into one app and it's just called WebEx. And that app is 100% modular. So, you know, I get it. Not every company is going to go full stack Cisco. You could turn on the features that you need and that application will do what you need it to do. Nice. So, and, and that makes things a lot simpler, right? Because it's just one app name, it's modular. So, as you said, so if we have a customer that wants uh, meetings and messaging, but not calling, we could do it that way. If they just want messaging and they don't want meetings or calling, we could do it that way. Or if they want everything, obviously we can do it that way as well. Um, and one thing I want, I, know, I think we're, I might be jumping ahead, but I know that there was a, a, an announcement made on the calling side um, in terms of us being able to kind of integrate it all together. Do you want to talk about that real quick? Yeah, that was one that, uh, man, I, I wish that would have came out a long time ago, but, you know, I think we finally caught up to it. And, you know, prior to this announcement, when we sold our, our WebEx phone system, our WebEx uh, voice over P system in the cloud, we had to go to a service provider and we had to get audio separately and it wasn't on the same bill. And, you know, for the most part, the partners were, were good with that and, you know, they made it kind of look seamless to the customer. But now we're actually going to have... PSTN plans on Cisco's GPL. So as Cisco is quoting things out and the partners are quoting things out, it's all going to be on one bill. It can all be ordered directly uh, from Cisco that way, instead of having to go to a third-party service provider for your calling plan for PSTN. Gotcha. Um, Mr. Boyd, I'll let you chime in here, maybe uh, ask a couple questions. <laughs> Don't Sounds good. 
<laughs> so I know one of the things that uh, maybe was lacking in WebEx that some of our competitors did really well over the summer was custom layouts. So Sal, can you tell us a little bit about the improvements there? Sure. So this was this was kind of an, a really cool announcement. I didn't, I didn't know this feature was even coming out, but basically what Cisco wants to do is and when Cisco calls um, the layout is really a stage. So in front of you, when you're inside of a WebEx meeting, what you're looking at is the stage. And now you, from a personal level, are going to be able to go in there and create your own stage. So let's say you want like a two by two grid. So I've got two people on the top, two people on the bottom, four people. You can do that. There's going to be a slider up at the top. So maybe you want a bigger, maybe you want a five by five grid. You'll be able to see five people across the top, five people on the side and getting that view there. You can also drag and drop. So maybe there's like four people that are the main speakers on this meeting. I can have them in a two by two grid. And then on the right side, have a bunch of little thumbnails of everybody else. And I can scroll through those thumbnails if I need to. And then the really cool thing is, and I know a lot of people have kind of been asking for this because we kind of had this in the old school video conferencing world, is being able to push that down to everybody. So I'm the host, I'm the main presenter. I want to create that view and really push that out to, to everybody. And I think, you know, a lot of this goes back to two, we talked about in the beginning, and Brian, you mentioned it, this 10x experience. We want to make this 10 times better than an in-person type of experience. And in, in the beginning, when I heard that, I'm like, you know, how are we going to do that? And then it got me thinking a little bit. And when I started seeing things like layouts and immersive shares and some other stuff that we're going to talk about, you know, we've really gone to this concept of like, if you think about a football game, for example, right? You know, the tailgating, all that's awesome. I don't think we're going to replace any of that. But when you actually get to watch the game and you're in those nosebleed section, that experience is, you know, it's okay actually watching the game. But on my couch, I could have a 10x experience. I've got the broadcasters talking about the game. I've got instant replay. I've got the technology that they're doing on the field where they've got the yellow line showing me where the first down marker is. We've got all the camera angles. We're zooming in. We're cutting in. Me sitting on my couch watching you know, the Buffalo Bills in Western New York uh, is really, really is a 10 times better experience than sitting in the nosebleed section with binoculars trying to figure out what's going on in the field. Right. Yeah, I've got a. I, I talked to a guy once that went to the new Dallas uh, Cowboys Stadium when they put up the big jumbotron uh, screen up there, and he told me even even up in the front rows they're all just they're just looking up watching it's the tough. screen. And they're there and they're looking up watching the screen because it, it is a better experience up there, as, as you said. The yellow line, uh, you know, for first down stuff like that. It's it's there's things you can do on video remotely, virtually that you just cannot do in person. And vice versa. You know, you mentioned the tailgating, right? I mean, I can I can sit here and get wasted and you know, watching uh watching the TV, just drinking a couple beers and eating way too many chicken wings, but it's not the same. So Yeah, exactly. Um, you mentioned immersive sharing. Can we dive into that a little bit? Sure. This is this is another really cool feature where, you know, I'll call it the weatherman feature. So the the green screen type of effect where I'm standing in front of a, a green screen and I've got a board behind me and the magic of TV kind of puts the weather behind me. We're doing that with WebEx now. You can do that with all the desk series models that Tom's going to talk about in a minute here, uh, but you can also do it with a native WebEx client and you don't even need a green screen. So it kind of figures out what the background looks like and then it puts whatever you want 
behind you. You can do that with live videos. You can do that with PowerPoint presentations. So, you know, it really looks like you're in front of the content. You can point it out. Or a lot of times too, I think the big problem we had before is when you share content, the main presenter gets really small. And if you go back to that kind of in-person experience, you usually have a big screen with a presentation on it, but you can always still see the presenter in the front. You can see the hand movements. You can see the facial expressions, all of that. When you go to a virtual model and you're sharing things on WebEx or Zoom or anything like that, you kind of lose the presenter uh, facial expressions and, and all of those things. So I think being able to superimpose yourself over that PowerPoint, you gain that stuff back. Can you do it over your desktop or a whiteboard or is it just PowerPoints? No, you could do it over anything. So I've got the Desk Pro in front of me here and you can actually have from your laptop, it can be your second screen. So anything that's on your second screen over there, you can be in front of it. You can do whiteboarding if you wanted to. Um, like I said before, you can throw up a video in the background if you wanted to, and you're superimposed over that video. So it's really cool, really cool technology that you can use it for. You can do it in front of all those cat videos, Brian. There you yes. go, Brian. Because <laughs> I'm constantly presenting on cat videos, yeah. Absolutely. I, I'm, I'm seeing the Brian Boyd cat video review YouTube channel. I'm seeing it. I'm seeing it. Let's make it a reality. I like it. Um, let's talk about uh, scheduling. So, um, you know, this, this was an interesting idea, um, that I, that I liked and it, it really kind of talks to, we really work in half an hour and 60 minute increments, right? We've, we've got, and every time I'm, I'm talking to someone, it's like, okay, let me, let me look at the next hour that I've got available to throw a meeting there. Um, even if it's not something that would take 30 minutes or, or an hour, I'll still schedule one of those two markers, right? If I know it's going to be a short meeting may only be five minutes, but I'll still schedule a half an hour because I want to block that time off. Um, but I know that we came up with some pretty cool ideas that um, are around scheduling and, and templates and stuff like that. Can we can we uh, go into that a little bit? Sure. So yeah, so around the templates, again, another really cool concept, something I, again, I didn't even know was coming out. But they're going to they're gonna allow you now to go into WebEx and schedule different types of meetings. So for instance, you can schedule what I would call a quick sync meeting, and it's got a timer associated with it. So you set it up for maybe seven minutes, and there's a counter at the top of WebEx, and it counts down, and you could even have it just kill the meeting as soon as that seven minutes are over. So kind of like Twitter, you know, you got to get it in a specific amount of characters. Same thing with WebEx here. Seven minutes, get your points across, quick sync and you're done. So I thought that was a really cool concept. And then the other one that they kind of showed off here, and I'm sure there's going to be a bunch of other ones here too, once this gets released, we'll have to dig into a little bit more, but they had another one called Roundtable, And this was a really cool concept because I'm sure we've all been on meetings where one or two people kind of hog the mic the entire time. And especially if you have like a new person in the room and, you know, they don't feel really comfortable speaking up that much. And, you know, everybody talked or three people talked, but 10, 10 new people or 10 people have different personalities and don't really like to speak up in meetings, they don't get their points across. They don't get any of that information shared. So this is going to be the, the feature where now everybody in the meeting can set up for equal time and their microphone is muted as soon as their time limit's up. And then it goes to the next person. The host can control this and, and schedule through everybody here. But this is going to give us, I think, a couple of things. Number one, we go back to that whole inclusion thing. How do we make sure that everybody has a voice? I think this is a great way to do that. And then the second thing here is how do we get diverse ideas, right? 
it's not really diverse if it's the same two people talking up every single meeting. I want to hear from everybody else. I want to hear what types of messages they have or what kind of ideas they have. And I think this is going to be a really great way to get those points across. So how would the host set that up? Is that something they schedule in advance and they choose the meeting type? Or is yeah, it so you're going to go in, okay. you're going to go into the WebEx client and inside of there, when you're going to the scheduling page, you're going to have the option to set up this type of meeting, the round table or the quick sync, but it's all going to be done through the actual app. That's awesome. I know Brian Young's going to hate that type of meeting because <laughs> he won't be able to hawk I saw, them like I saw you smiling at me at that. I'm like, <laughs> really? Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm thinking, you know, no, no more filibustering, um, you know, no, no more just uh, showboating, right? It's... It's giving everyone an equal opportunity. Um, but I did have a question on, so you said this has to be scheduled in advance. Um, I'm thinking of our, our weekly meetings, right, that we have every every Monday morning, um, where a segment of the meeting is roundtable, and then the rest of it is, you know, maybe a couple of people presenting slides, um, kind of talking down. Is that something that you could could do where it's kind of a mixed meeting where part of it is a roundtable, or does it have to be the entire meeting, at least at this stage? So I got to get more details on this. I, I believe, and you know, don't quote me on this guys, but I think you can go in once the meeting is going, I think you can set this up inside the meeting. So you can start the meeting off like you normally would, and then maybe go into a round table thing. Uh, I've got a test site. It's not currently on there yet, but once that's on there, that's something that I'll be testing and figuring out how, how that's actually takes place. Okay. Yeah. And, and just a reminder, I don't, I don't know if I mentioned this, but a lot of these features, I mean, they've been discussed at, at, at WebEx one, so they're publicly public knowledge, but a lot of these features and hardware and stuff that we're gonna be talking about isn't necessarily GA just yet. Uh, might be coming out very, very soon. It might be on the brink of being GA, but some things may take a little bit longer. Uh, and of course I'm sure with something like Roundtable, as much of a, of a different, uh, thing that it is, that's going to be tweaked over time. I'm sure there's going to be feedback taken and uh, take take that uh, feedback and adjust the software. So uh, right. interesting to see what that will become. And um, yeah, that'd be pretty much just the same as giving Mr. Boyd a mute button on me, which I'm, I'm really not that comfortable with. If I'm being honest. <laughs> so uh, Sal, you mentioned uh, earlier in the, in the beginning of the podcast here that, we could, through the power of WebEx and the 10X experience, hire people from around the world, not having to worry about language barriers. Can you dive into that a little bit? Yeah. So this was something that, you know, I, I kind of heard about maybe a year or so ago that we were working on stuff like this. And I was like, this is going to be an awesome feature. Like, this is something that that we've needed. This is like kind of one of those uh, futuristics AI things that you kind of always heard about in the past. But adding in actual language transcription now to WebEx meetings. And I think this is going to be, again, going back to that 10x experience, right? So you've got somebody that is maybe the top of their field, but they only speak Spanish or they only speak English. And you have a global team now that speaks French, Spanish, uh, you know, myriad of different languages. So how do we, again, bring all those people together and do something around that? So now we have the language translation here where you can speak your native language and in the bottom, it's going to actually go and translate that out in text into Spanish, uh, Portuguese, and there's nine languages at the start here that you're going to be able to do. So again, talk about 10X better than in person you know, if we brought somebody in from Spain and I don't speak Spanish, I'm sitting in that room and I'm lost. 
I could be at my house now and I've got that translation coming across. Again, we're being more inclusive. Everybody has a seat at the table here. Everybody can understand. And we're doing the real-time translation. The only other time I've seen something like this is like, you know, at the UN, everyone's got the headphones on, the one guy's talking, but you got, you've got a whole production crew making that happen. And that probably costs like a million dollars. We're doing it here with like, you know, what does WebEx cost? Like $30 a month. (laughs) It's like nothing. Yeah. So, so you're saying that it's not you, you know, Typing as quickly as you can, translating uh, Italian to English. There, <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> not. I don't. I don't think you want me to be doing that. <laughs> it's like those old college humor things with the the Google. Uh, I think it was a, uh, or maybe it was a, it was a Google April Fool's joke where they were showing how the um, when they fill out the rest of your search when you start typing something like how it does and it's like the planet revolve around the sun and stuff like that. They would type it out for you and they were like, yeah, there's just one guy. He goes through about fourteen keyboards a, a week. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just one guy just typing it all the time. Like, I, it's not like that. It's it's using the power of AI and and uh, all of the research and development that has been going into it. And I'm I'm glad to see it come to fruition. I, I saw when I saw it announced, I was I was very impressed, and I'm sure more languages languages will be added over time. So awesome yep. stuff. Gestures. I'm going to give uh, Mr. Boyd a gesture here, and because it's on my <laughs> podcast, I won't be seen. I'm just telling him he's number one. I'll let Sal edit that for the video. <laughs> So tell us about <laughs> gestures, uh, Mr. Uh, Mr. Lamara. <laughs> <laughs> so again, this is actually one of those features that, you know, we kind of had like a little skunk works project going. I saw this demoed God, probably maybe three years ago where we had a thing where we were, we were holding up hands and it was kind of slow. It was quirky, but I was like, you know, this is cool. This could kind of be the future here. And with the gestures now, you're just in a regular meeting, you know, normal behavior in there. And someone says something that you like, you can clap your hands and it'll show up the little uh, emoji, the little emocon there that, that of the clapping the hands. You can give the thumbs up, and that's going to throw the thumbs up button up there. So again, you know, going back to making a 10x better experience, or how do I bring some of those features that if people were in a room, you know, we would be able to all clap and everything. But now that we're remote, you know, if I want to clap or if I want to give somebody a thumbs up, I got to go on my computer. I got to look for that button, and by the time I do that. 10 seconds passes. That's a long time when someone like just made a joke and they're onto something else now. And you're, and you're like, what are you clapping for? Like that was 10 seconds ago. Right. <laughs> so I think this is going to be a lot more natural. Like, Hey, you just told a joke or hey, I really agree with your point. You want to give a thumbs up. It's real time. Like this is it. And it's going to do that, that for you there. So, you know, again, I think the big thing here is we've made it simple. You don't have to go dig through menus or anything, or, you know, if you've got something else in front of something and you hear something, you can uh, clap and it's just automatically going to pop up. So it's you clapping. It's not like a button you click. It's not a button you click. There is a button you can click too. So if you do have the the screen open and you're going to move your mouse over to, you could do it. But now just by doing, you know, clapping or thumbs up, it's actually going to flash that across the screen. Oh, that's pretty cool. Nice and and no lewd gestures. So the one I the one I did before to Mr. Boyd, not that one. So, <laughs> so there's a couple out right now. Uh, you know, I don't I don't know if those other gestures are going to make it in there. Uh, but I've seen stuff where you know we're doing mute by holding up your hand for a little while, and it'll actually mute your microphone again. Nice because I've got a Desk Pro, and for me to mute, I got to kind of reach across the table and push it. You know, not a huge deal, but still, you know, sometimes it's just ergonomics of things it'd be a lot easier just to hold up your hand to, to do mute and unmute and as SEs, we we have the alligator arms especially when we go to lunches with uh, account <laughs> managers we we don't we can't really reach that far so it's a, it's a nice uh nice feature to have 
Um, next on my list here is the calling plan. So we've, we, uh, we mentioned already that the, um, it's coming on the GPL. So it'll be kind of one bill. Um, do you want to dive a little bit more into that? Sure. So, you know, we've been selling what's called a flex plan for a long time now, probably like three, four years, came in a couple different iterations. And the one thing I will mention with the flex plan that kind of confuses people is, uh, a flex is for Cisco more or less a skew. And basically flex means that you either do it on-premise or the cloud. You can flex from the prem to the cloud, basically. And you can have an enterprise agreement inside of there, or you can be what's called named user inside the flex plan. And with that before, you know, you would say I've got a thousand knowledge workers, people that use a computer, use a phone, you know, those types of people. And that's what you would get from Cisco. But those thousand knowledge workers probably need to call out, make outbound calls, get incoming calls from people that are at other places in the world. You know, not everybody is local to your company. So in the past, you had to go to a service provider like Intellipeer or one of those people and get some of, get the PSTN offering. Now that's on Cisco's GPL. So when you're getting quoted out the flex plan inside of that, now you're going to have different options for PSTN. Awesome. So next up, uh, looks like we have integrations. So Sal, can you tell us a little bit about the announcements around that? Yeah, so one that we we announced Monday, so the, the event was Tuesday, and we announced a company called Slido that we were going to that we that we were going to acquire. And again, another really cool company here. And what their kind of claim to fame was is they do a lot of live polls, Q and A stuff, quizzes that you can do. And you know, we had some of this inside of WebEx, but I think that's one of the features that you know we acquired WebEx in. 2007, I think it was, we really haven't made too much progress around the Q&A format inside of events or inside of meeting center, really didn't do quizzes. We did some polling, but it hasn't really evolved in 15 years, let's say. Uh, with Slido, you know, they're kind of one of the industry leaders when it comes to all that stuff. So now we're going to be able to integrate what they're doing with live polls while WebEx is going on, a Q&A type panel, quizzes, you know, that type of stuff. They even have like word clouds that'll be, be able to get popped up. And, you know, this might be another way too. when we go back to a 10X type of experience or, you know, let's be inclusive for everybody. You may be in a meeting and not everybody wants to talk. Even though you give people an equal opportunity to talk now, we can d- divvy out the time slots. Some people and some personalities just are not the type of people that want to raise a concern with their voice or their, you know, their, oh, should I ask this question? Being able to do more stuff with Q&A or live polls or maybe even quizzes on there, it kind of gives, again, everybody a voice catering to different personality types over there. Um, And if we go back to the 10X type of experience, again, using this technology is so much easier than being in person. We can't do, it's hard to do this type of stuff in person. We're doing, you know, on the fly quizzes or on the fly polling. You'd have to probably be in a meeting and pull up a WebEx. Well, now you're already in the WebEx and it's just kind of native to the format. So now you can, with this integration, you can actually have a quiz pop up in the WebEx or a live poll. You don't have to break away to a different piece of software and share that. Exactly. And, you know, for a long time inside of Cisco, we were using a tool called Kahoot. It's just mm-hmm. kind of like the one that, you know, the viral sensation inside of Cisco for quizzes and stuff. Well, now we just have this integrated completely into here. Awesome. Nice. 
I like I like Kahoot. Kahoot is fun. We used to do that for our uh, Cub Scouts when when we especially when we moved to to uh, remote only. We couldn't do in person. Uh, we would just do a bunch of fun Kahoot quizzes. So nice to see that uh, it's integrated now. We have a lot of other integrations that were announced, and I'm sure more that are going to come. I know uh, there was an announcement on Facebook, Box, Dropbox. Um, I don't know if you want to dive into any of those, or if there's any others besides Slido that that kind of uh, piqued your interest. Yeah, I mean, we could we could talk about those in kind of another session, but we are doing a lot of integrations into, like you said, Box, uh, Facebook. So now when you're doing a WebEx meeting, you can stream that out to up to, God, I think it's like 100,000 people now. And you can actually use Facebook for the actual chat component of that. Because if you're streaming out a meeting like that, there's no way you can do, you know, Q&As type stuff. Like it's just, that's just massive. So you can use Facebook for some of the uh, the messaging back and forth. And, you know, the other big one here is the Microsoft Office type integrations. Um, good to see all that stuff in there. I think we're doing a lot of the same stuff that Teams would do natively. So that's Microsoft Teams. We can do with uh, WebEx. So that was, that's also, that was also really good to see in here. Nice. So we've been talking a lot about the software innovations, which are fantastic. I mean, everything that we've touched on and everything that was announced last week, you know, really cool stuff. But there was some hardware announcements here. And for that, we're going to switch over to Mr. Porto. Um, Tom, we've had, uh, again, some hardware announcements here with around WebEx and some really exciting stuff. So why don't you just kind of go through uh, what we what we announced last week? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there were three, three big uh, hardware announcements uh, during WebEx 1. Um, the first one being uh, the WebEx Desk. Uh, the WebEx Desk, uh, if anyone's already heard of the WebEx Desk Pro, uh, which we announced, uh, I believe, last year and uh, has since gone GA, uh, was really that premium, all-inclusive experience um, of a desktop device that's a 27-inch screen, 4K, you know, uh, camera built into it. Uh, that's really just an extension of our room endpoints that you can, you know, put right on your desk, use it at your home, in your office. But we really only had that that premium option, uh, and our older model, which is the DX80. Um, it was going end of life. So we needed to fill that void. So the WebEx desk is taking over that space. So it's a 24-inch screen, uh, 1080p. It will support uh, the capability of virtual backgrounds, which the Desk Pro supports now, uh, as well as the regular meetings app. Uh, it allow you to do Windows touch forwarding. You can plug a USB-C into a Windows laptop, and you can actually redirect your screen and uh, take advantage of the touch screen in your Windows environment. Um, unlike the Desk Pro, the Desk will actually have a VESA mount built into it. Uh, so, you know, if you have monitor arms uh, that you want to, uh, you know, throw this onto for a dual monitor setup, that will be available. Um, and, you know, that that's really it for that. It, it, very excited for that. It'd be at, obviously at a much more reasonable price point, um, you know, more accessible, that whole idea of the, you know, inclusive for everyone. I mean, not everyone can afford, you know, a, a desk pro. So we wanted to make sure, you know, we had something uh, on the lower tier. Um, the second big announcement was the WebEx desk camera. So desk camera is a, a webcam that you can throw on top of, you know, any old monitor, um, which will give you, uh, get you as close to that, you know, room endpoint experience uh, without actually having to have a fully integrated device. So it's got 4K uh, capability. Uh, so Great resolution, high frame rate. The video quality is great in various types of light conditions. Does autofocus, auto white balancing. Field of view is adjustable. 
uh, and it has a high quality dual microphone uh, that will support the background noise reduction from Babel Labs. Um, it does do, it does have some intelligence built into it. So it can do uh, face detection like our room endpoints can do. Uh, there is a privacy shutter. So, you know, if you're worried about Big Brother or someone, <laughs> someone hacking into your, your home network there and you want to make sure that you uh, have that privacy, you know, that shutter is included. Uh, and, but one other thing that really differentiates this camera from our competition is the ability to have it centrally managed. And uh, these cameras will support our control hub, which of course, you know, controls all of our, our WebEx infrastructure. Um, so it's great for being able to track those assets, control firmware updates. You'll get a lot of the similar analytics we get to our current room endpoints, like uh, how many people, you know, how often it's used, um, but also from a troubleshooting perspective. So, uh, you know, IT administrators can help uh, people troubleshoot those cameras, um, you know, that are sitting in people's homes, uh, which will be great. And that, and that really answers the question of why wouldn't I just get a webcam, right? Why, why would I go with, you know, a WebEx desk camera versus just buying, a, go, going to your office supply warehouse and, and grabbing a webcam off the shelf is is what you just said, right? The integration with, uh, was it Control Hub? Yep. Yep. hundred yeah. yeah. percent. And I'll, and I'll tell you guys too, I, I have a Logitech Brio and I'll use it sometimes when I'm not in front of my video endpoint because it's, you know, it's 10 times better than the little camera that the macbook pro has on it but one of the things that always kind of bothered me with that thing is the privacy shutter and i and tom you mentioned this but there is a privacy shutter that came with it and it's a clip-on thing and when i got the camera i threw it in the drawer because i'm like what is this for i thought it was made for like a mount or something i don't even know what it was oh it was detachable and it's detachable it's a clip it's like a clip-on mm -hmm. privacy <laughs> shutter and it never really it doesn't even really cover the whole thing it was like really weird and wonky when this thing came out, I'm like, oh, it's got a privacy shutter on it and I can slide it back and forth. And so for me, you know, I think it's gonna be great for the central management and everything, but I'm stoked about the privacy shutter on it. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you some post-it notes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's got a nice all aluminum design too. So it's very, very rugged. Um, you know, not, not your cheap, uh, you know, $30, $30 camera. So, um, can you clip it on your monitor or can you, you know, does it come with that kind of mounting ability? Yeah, it, you know, that, that typical kind of like uh, V-shaped, uh, you know, little clip that allows you to, to, to put it on, you know, various right. size monitors. Yep. So um, the desk hub, I know that's, uh, that was one I'm really excited to, to see and, and get to play with, hopefully, in, uh, in an office at some point in, in our lives. <laughs> Why don't we yeah. talk about that? Yeah, the, the desk hub's interesting. It, it's, it's, a, it's an interesting addition, and I think it, what, it, what it's meant to do is really fill a space between our, our high-end video phones and that Desk Pro, uh, or sorry, that, that, that WebEx desk endpoint. Um, and really what it is, is it's a little hub that will sit on your desk. It's got about a six-inch screen built into it. And when you uh, take your uh, phone, iPhone, Android phone that has the WebEx app built into it and place it on that hub, will obviously wirelessly charge it, but the beauty of it is, is it will actually pull all your personal settings from that app into the hub. So the hub can then connect to an external monitor. You can uh, join WebEx meetings from it. That touchscreen, it kind of acts similar to how a Touch 10 would work. Uh, it'll show your calendar because it's obviously pulling your personal information from your phone. Um, you can also uh, pair uh, a Cisco 730 headset to it automatically. So as soon as you drop your phone on, your phone, your your headset could connect to it. And really, what it's doing is it's allowing you, you know, in this post-COVID world, to uh, you know th this idea of hot desking or or maybe not having and not everyone can have a desk anymore. Uh, you know, to just have office spaces get a little smaller. Um, 
the ability to just, you know, hey, I reserve this desk for the day. I don't have to worry about having that desk personalized to me. It can be used for someone else the next day. You come in, you drop your phone, you're good to go. Um, you can video enable those as well with that external monitor by adding a uh, the the desk camera to it. Um, so the desk camera can plug in right to the back of it as soon as you hook up. Now you've got that that uh, you know WebEx desk desk pro like experience without having to you know put that expense forward. So um, very interesting. I think it's uh, you know a, a very unique product that you know I don't really think any of our competitors have have done at this point. Um, and of course, just like with the desk desk pro, all of our other endpoints all controlled through Control Hub. Great for asset tracking. Does all that same analytics, same troubleshooting. Uh, diagnostics. It'll do a lot of the environmental metrics, like you know how many people were using it, how many people were in the room, that kind of stuff. When you have the camera connected to it, so yeah, very uh, very interesting thing. I'm I'm very curious to see you know how people utilize it, and and love to get one myself. <laughs> yeah, it 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 seems cool. I mean, anything that you can reduce the friction between you know I, I, you know just kind of seeing it and actually using it, right? Get get past that adoption barrier. You know, everyone's carrying their phones around. A lot of them are wirelessly charging ca- capable. You just pop this thing on the side. If it, if your phone is capable of wirelessly charging, it'll, it'll charge it for you, which I think is awesome. And then that integration with the WebEx app, and I've seen it, anyone that's used WebEx and has like the telepresence room set up or uh, a DX or uh, any WebEx registered device, you know, I walk into my office, my DX wakes up. I don't even have to touch it. It's like, hi, Brian. You know, and it's, it's, it's nice. It's, it, it knows it's you, it knows who you are. It's, it's got all your meetings right there. One button, uh, push to join. Everything's right there. And it's the same idea with this. You'd pop your phone down. It's going to talk to WebEx and it's going to say, okay, this is Brian. This is his phone. These are his meetings. And you just, you just join a meeting. And especially now in, in our kind of post COVID world where and I, know, I know we're at Cisco, right? We're going, we've always kind of been the hot desking kind of set up in our offices, but now, you know, we're, as we go into whatever the new model is going to be. Uh, with our sales offices, I would say that's probably going to be even more of a reliance on hot desking because we're not going to have enough seats for everyone that's assigned to an office. We, we didn't before, uh, yep. but I imagine it's going to be even more restrictive. So, um, you know, the ability to be able to just sit down, pop my phone, open up my laptop and, you know, work and have the comfort of of a desk that would be normally mine without having to, you, you know, use those resources or waste that resource, um, I think is really cool. Um, yeah, and so. I mean- Go ahead, oh, go ahead. Sorry, just another question here. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking about some of our end users that maybe are not uh, technologically adept and what this is going to look like for them. Is it really as simple as just throwing your phone on the pad and it picks up your settings? Or are you going to have to like unlock your phone, go to the WebEx app, hit allow, something like that? I would say a little bit of those details really haven't been released yet. Um, but from what I understand, and from all the videos I've seen, they literally drop the phone on there and it immediately picks up the app. Um, I will say I, they also, from what I've read, do have the capability to actually uh, be signed into as well, um, similar to how like a desk phone now can be used for hoteling, uh, where you could sign in as a user and authenticate and have it pull in those those similar settings. So there, there seems to be you know a few, a few different options there. Um, one of the other things I was going to say is that, uh, you know, especially with this post COVID world is, you know, hygiene, right? So this, this device also has the WebEx assistant built into it. Um, so you actually put your phone down once it pulls in your data. Um, you don't even actually have to, you know, touch it really. Um, you know, you can start your meeting by just, uh, 
saying, hey, and I don't want to say the word because my whole room will start lighting up. <laughs> don't with, wake it um, up. <laughs> we'll start lighting up with, uh, with meeting. Yeah, but uh, you know, say, hey, and that thing, and it will uh, you know, allow you to start your meeting. It's also got a speakerphone built into it. So if you don't have a headset, you, know, you can just use it uh, right on your desk there. So, But just if you use the speakerphone, be cognizant of the people around you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Six foot social distancing doesn't account doesn't uh, take into account uh, yeah the the acoustics of a speakerphone. So, oh, man, oh the the stories the the horror stories the cringeworthy moments. Um, <laughs> Tom, thank you very much for that update. Um, and yeah, for man. those that are going to be joining on the uh, that are just on the audio side, uh, we are having some slides that are going to be kind of showing off in this video on on Cisco Sal's uh, YouTube channel. So. Make sure you pop over there for some visual representations of what we've been talking about here. Um, and Sal, I'm going to swing back to you. I know one of the things that was announced um, was this uh, software called Graph. Um, and I, this is really geared more towards the um, the system administrators, the IT staff. Uh, Tom talked about it before with kind of the insights into uh, utilization of rooms, number of people, stuff like that. There's a lot of metrics that we can pull out of WebEx to really kind of understand how it's being used, uh, where it's being used, and and really kind of give the IT teams the information they need to either make further purchasing decisions or, uh, you know, whether that's software, hardware, licenses, whatever, or uh, purchasing decisions on more, more building space, more meeting space, stuff like that, if they need to make adjustments there. So why don't we talk about that and kind of what the, uh, what kind of value that can bring to the IT departments? Yeah, definitely. So, and this was one of the ones that I kind of found most interesting about all this. So we've had we've had Graph, which was kind of our analytics platform inside of Control Hub inside of WebEx for for a while now. We actually bought a company. And the company's name was called A Company. Literally, that was the name of the company. How <laughs> <laughs> original! It was, <laughs> it was Amy Chang's company. Uh, we acquired we acquired that product along with her and her team, and we kind of built some of this stuff into there. We had. Uh, some of the stuff built in where you can kind of take a look at reporting structures, pulling LinkedIn information on it inside the WebEx meeting. And we were doing things like you mentioned, Brian, around analytics, you know, what's the room doing? What's the occupancy like? You can even do things like, hey, you know, because we're in COVID right now, the occupancy of this room should not be more than three people because of social distancing rules. And we can put up a warning and do stuff like that on there. What was new and what they kind of announced here, I don't want to say it was almost like a relaunch of it, but it was more of like an awakening for uh, more like end user type stuff, was they announced two things. One called personal insights and the other one called team insights. And with personal insights, it really gives each user kind of a view of their workday. And I think we can kind of all agree that work-life balance isn't work-life balance anymore, right? And, and for me, to be honest with you guys, it hasn't been work-life balance even before COVID. It's been more of like a work-life integration. And now with COVID, I think everybody's kind of in that same world where you've got childcare issues, you've got things that, that you're doing, you've got some people that are going to work really early in the morning, they're going to have to take a break, you know, kind of midday, but they're going to be working late at night. And what the personal insights is going to do is give you kind of a, a total view into all that. How much are you actually working? You know, you probably should be working around eight-ish hours a day, 
you can, but who the heck knows anymore because you're on calls at this time of the day, this time at night, and it's all fully integrated. This is really going to give you a view as far as, you know, how much are you actually working throughout your day? And like, you, you might, might, you might be awoken on this and say, wow, I'm working like 12 hour days and I'm not even realizing it because everything is totally integrated. So you're really going to be able to take a look at what that work-life integration uh, really looks like on there. It's also going to break down things like how much time you spend in meetings, what time of day your meetings are going to be in, and you can take a look at that for yourself. And then here's one that I don't know how this is going to work yet. I was trying to find more details on it, but it's going to gauge your connection strengths. So how how strong you're connected with other team members or other groups in the company. Uh, and again, I'm sure there's some AI behind all that. I haven't seen the dashboard, what that's going to look like yet, but I thought that was kind of cool to see, you know, where's your sphere of influence? Who do you talk to most of the time? And, you know, what does that look like? Um, so that's the, that's on the kind of the personal level that we're all going to be able to take a look at. And then the second part of that announcement was something called team insights. And this is more of like, kind of like a leadership view. So, you know, we're all dispersed all around the country, all around the world. Now, how, as a leader, how do I see what is going on with my team? And, you know, this is not a micromanagement view. This is not going to be, oh, what is Tom doing today? How many messages did Tom send today? But it's going to be a, you know, total view of everybody. How is my team uh, using the technology? Are they doing a lot of instant messaging? Are they doing a lot of meetings as a, as a holistic view? What other organizations inside of the companies, what other teams are they talking to on a regular basis? And what is that interaction? What does that connection kind of look like? So again, it's not to micromanage anything, but it's just to kind of give your leaders a better view as far as, you know, who's talking to who and, hey, you know, we should be talking to, you know, our sales specialists more often, but I'm not really seeing that. So maybe we need it in the background, say, okay, let's, let's try to foster those relationships maybe a little bit better. Let's try to have a couple of joint events where we can start building those relationships there. And then you can kind of report on that using the team insights feature. Yeah. I've been saying a lot, especially during this whole COVID work from home stuff is that I, I can't tell if I'm working at home or living at work and being able to kind of get that insight to understand where your points of delineation need to be. And on the flip side of that, Mr. Boyd has been working on the four hour work week for a while now and been getting away with it. So <laughs> I'm very glad to see that that'll be uh, that scheme will be taken down very quickly. <laughs> yeah, I want to understand how I'm going to get caught here. So, Sal, how does it tell when you're working versus not working? It's going to just take a look at what you have going on in your computer. So if you're doing some messages, are you doing uh, meetings? And, you know, that's one of the things, too, that. I really want to dig into a little bit more like what is going to be able to report on and how much is leadership going to be able to see from what I saw initially. And they kind of made a big deal around this as it's not going to be a micromanagement tool. We're not going to uh, give up any privacy or anything like that by having these views. And I think it's really going to be for yourself to take a look at so you can see your own day. And the leaders are only going to be able to look at that from like a, a larger perspective, a team perspective and see directionally which which way the team is going. Right. And I think it's safe to say that most people, their entire job does not mean they're in meetings all day, right? So, you know, we're, again, we're looking at this from meetings, interactions, working and collaborating with your coworkers, people on other teams, et cetera, right? Obviously, there's going to be a lot of your workday that doesn't involve that, right? I mean, I work, you know, Brian's on the same team as me. We talk maybe, I mean, I think this is probably the most amount of time we interact here is, is during the, the podcast, but 
you know, just because I'm not interacting with him, you know, for three hours out of every day or, you know, whatever, doesn't mean that I'm not getting any work done. Uh, it might mean that he's not getting any work done. Right. And that's uh, what I'm I'm hoping that we uh, we find out very soon. <laughs> <laughs> so, and all, all joking aside, really cool stuff. Again, getting that the metrics both for the IT teams to be able to understand where they need to make investments or maybe scale back on things, but also on the individual side to understand where maybe your strengths and weaknesses are, where you can uh, focus more time. And from the management side as well, being able to understand how your teams are collaborating. And if there are disconnects, being able to kind of foster those relationships, broker those introductions, et cetera. So really cool stuff. Again, all about making the interaction and the collaboration 10 times better than in person, which, I mean, you're not going to be able to get that kind of insight on just kind of, uh, you know, regular walk up to someone and, and, and talk to kind of uh, interactions. So. Right. Awesome stuff. Yeah, there's no reporting on that stuff, right? I go up to you and I talk to you by the water cool cooler. You know, we we don't record that as an interaction. So this is really cool. Right. We're gonna be able to put some metrics around it now. Although if you did, that'd be a very long walk because you're about a five hour <laughs> drive away from it. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> maybe the water cooler is some water tower in some yeah. town. Maybe maybe in Albany. Oh, you know, we can meet up in Albany with Tom. There we go. Nice little midway point there. Um, so Tom, back to you on the contact center stuff that was announced. I know there was a few announcements made there, uh, along with, uh, one of our, uh, recent or upcoming acquisitions that we announced. Uh, you want to talk about that for a little bit? Yeah. Yeah. So WebEx contact center, um, it was built from the ground up to be like a next generation, fully customizable cloud-based contact center solution that can div- deliver the future of customer experiences today. Um, platform is microservices based. Uh, which will provide you know enterprise grade horizontal scalability, rapid feature innovation and deployment stuff like that. Um, that's really important. I, I actually in my previous life um, I was a uh, obviously in IT, but I I ran uh, the contact center as far as uh, it was UCCX, um, built all the scripts, did all the integration stuff like that. And I will tell you, uh, you know, scale and customizability is is great, but it's it's complicated you know with an on prem product like that. Um, so with the WebEx contact center, you know, they've got tools like drag and drop flow control builder, uh, which will allow like business minded users, uh, the flexibility and management of the contact center and they won't have to burden, you know, the IT teams. Um, and then of course, you know, just with a a lot of our more modern products, you know, we've got open APIs to allow for, you know, endless customization. Um, out of the box comes with integrations to big business apps like uh, Salesforce, Microsoft Dynamics, uh, Zendesk, uh, you know, which will reduce agents' need to constantly switch back and forth between applications. Um, but in addition to voice, email, and chat, we also added support for uh, SMS text and social media channels for customer contact. So this is possible from our recent acquisition of uh, London-based IMI Mobile, which was announced, I think, the day before WebEx One. Um, and they specialize in the management of customer interactions. Um, so IMI also gives us capability to automate interactions with uh, AI-powered voice and chat virtual agents. Um, so customers will have the option for a natural, fast, easy, 24-7 self-service uh, you know, agent. And they can deflect a lot of those routine interactions from valuable agent resources like um you know, checking an account balance or uh, calling a doctor to confirm a doctor's appointment, right? Um, so keeping that end-to-end customer journey in mind uh, with this AI, these AI-powered bots, 
um, transcripts from those voice and chatbots can actually be provided to an agent uh, if you know the call gets escalated to an agent, and that will allow them to kind of keep the full interaction context history um, so that the customer doesn't have to repeat themselves. If there's one thing I hate when I have to call a contact center is going through multiple agents saying, I already told the previous person this, or I already told your automated system this. Why do you not have that info? Why am I at the starting over every single time? Um, so that integration you know, will prevent that from happening. Um, also, the new WebEx Contact Center will support WebEx Experience Management, which came as a result of our acquisition of CloudCherry last year, um, which will give us capabilities like post-call surveys, uh, as well as some special agent widgets uh, in the uh, dashboard that can provide the agent with previous customer satisfaction context during their interaction with that customer. Um, as always with all the other stuff I mentioned, it's integrated into Control Hub for user management and will cross launch into its own portal for deeper customization. Uh, and one of the other things we announced too was there will be direct integration to WebEx calling now. So it'll actually function a lot more like an on-premise solution uh, you know, rather than the contact center dialing out to a PSTN number, it'll actually be integrated on the back end, which is really exciting. Um, those are the big things really that they announced. I'm very excited, especially being a previous contact center guy. I think this is going to be a great solution for customers. Nice. And it, it sounds like it's all around that same kind of theme that we had last week of making the experience 10 times better, right? 100%. And with contact center, let's, let's face it, we've all called some customer service line. We've all gone through the, you know, just pressing, you know, pounding zero until someone picks up the phone or, you know, just yelling customer service. And, yep. you know, we've yep. all gone through that. And how can we make that experience better? And as you mentioned before, the, uh, the AI bots, the transcriptions from, you know, talking with those AI bots being delivered to the actual person that it gets escalated to. Uh, I, I think that's, uh, Good, good things are in store for customer service uh, centers uh, around the world that that utilize uh, WebEx Contact Center. So, really cool stuff, um, Mr. Boy. Did you have any other questions? No, I think uh, I think we've reached the end here. I think so. I mean, we've we've covered what was literally two days uh, of, of of an event into less than an hour. So, I, I know this was a lot to go through. Um, and, uh, Tom, I'll just ask you if you have any other things, uh, any other thoughts you want to, uh, close out with, uh, and then I'll go to Sal, uh, after you, but Tom, anything you want to add? No, I mean, I, I, I'd be honest. I think I'm, I'm extremely excited to see where the future of WebEx is going. I mean, uh, I think G2 is doing a great job, um, you know, and, and he's only been here for a short period of time and, and look at all he's changed. And, you know, as kind of Sal said before, um, you know, we, we wanted to make this less about, you know, kicking the competition's butt and more about, you know, empowering, uh, all these users, you know, across all, you know, all different backgrounds, um, you know, to, uh, to take advantage of this, you know, this, this technology and, and especially in this, you know, crazy world we're living in right now. Yeah, definitely. And if we, if we take care of both in the, the same time, then all, all the, all the better, right? <laughs> yeah. hundred percent. That's the bonus. <laughs> Sal, any uh, any final uh, words of wisdom? No, I mean, Tom, you summed it up perfect. I think, you know, the big thing with this event for me was listening in and really hearing that, you know, we have a purpose now with, with WebEx and all the products and meetings and calling and contact center and messaging. And it's no longer just, oh, this competitor came out with something. Let's, let's kind of one up them. You know, this is a really, a real calling this time, I feel like. 
And that's what makes me most excited about, about being part of this team. Definitely exciting things. So, uh, Tom and Sal, thank you very much for your time. Really appreciate, uh, you diving into this for us and, uh, thanks. Appreciate it. Thanks guys. All right, guys. Thanks. Well, Mr. Boyd, that was a lot of information. It was. Yeah. I mean, I looked at the outline for it and I was like, oh, this is going to be a solid 50 minutes. And it absolutely was. But I think it was good information. What about you? No, I agree. I mean, I was I definitely had the opportunity to join the WebEx one uh, broadcast for those two days that they were broadcasting there. And it was it was a ton of information, a lot of great announcements. And I was glad that we were able to kind of condense it down into, uh, you know, a, a podcast episode version. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I saw the same thing. It was just that huge list of topics that Sal had written up for us to kind of go over. And I was cracking up when he thought this was going to take like 15, 20 minutes <laughs> to go through. <laughs> yeah. It's wishful thinking. Yeah. But I mean, he's, he's used to doing his, uh, his, uh, YouTube recordings, which are usually a lot shorter. So, right. But no, I think it was uh, a ton of great information. Um, you know, as we always say, on our podcast episodes, if you want to learn more about a particular technology, if there's something you want to check out. One thing we never even talked about, and I, I meant to bring it up, but I, I totally forgot, was the not just the noise reduction, but the noise elimination that Babel Labs, uh, the, the Babel Labs acquisition has given to us in terms of on our, our desk units and, and I think even on the WebEx app itself. I mean, I've been been showing this off to customers where I just bring out my drill and <laughs> turn it on <laughs> while I'm talking and they're just like blown away that they don't hear the thing. <laughs> and it, it kind of surprises me too, because of course I can't even hear myself think, but they can hear me talk. So it's right. a, it's a really cool technology. I know Sal has a video demoing it where <laughs> I, Brian, have you seen this video where he's got his wife driving around in the, with the lawnmower? I haven't, I haven't, but uh, I'm sure it's great. Oh my God. It is. It is great. He's got this video with his wife driving around with the, with the tractor in the background and he's got the windows open and he, when he turns on the noise elimination, you cannot hear it. Uh, it's, it's like night and day. So we'll make sure to put a link there, but again, reach out to your account team. If you have any questions on any of the technologies that we talked about today, uh, or maybe something, if you did get a chance to hear the, uh, the WebEx one broadcast, I think we have those publicly available, right? Like the keynotes and some of the breakout sessions. Yeah, it should be. Well, make sure to put a link in the, uh, for those on the podcast notes as well. So Brian, I think, uh, I think that about wraps it up for today. What do you think? I think that sounds good to me. All right. Well, thank you, Mr. Boyd. And thank you for listening to ConfT with your SE. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, a topic you'd like to suggest, please send us an email at hello at conft.show. And if you like the show, please rate and review, and don't forget to subscribe so you get notified whenever we publish a new episode. Show notes for this episode can be found on our website at conft.show. That's C-O-N-F-T dot S-H-O-W. As always, stay safe out there, and don't forget to save that config. <laughs>